0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I was just a 21-year-old who was uh, in a position where music was happening, going out was happening, alcohol was happening, and I was consumed by all this.
1: welcome to love lives a podcast from the independent where i olivia petter will be asking different guests about the loves of their lives Today, I am thrilled to be joined by the brilliant two-time British Award nominee, musician Tom Grennan. He has two hugely successful albums under his belt, several awards, and a new highly anticipated third album called What Ifs and Maybes. I'm really excited to chat to Tom all about his career in music and the loves of his life. So, let's get started. Hello.
0: Hello, that was an amazing intro.
1: Thank you, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's amazing your career, which I can't wait to talk to you about. So it all happened super, super quickly for you. I think you were performing in pubs to like 20, 30 people. And then five, six months later, you were playing in front of 75,000 people at wireless with and Status. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about how you got into music and how this kind of all happened for you? Because originally you were thinking of maybe going into football?
0: Yeah, football. Oh was like the dream when I was a kid. And then I realised I wasn't, I wasn't getting any better at football. So I played for a few teams, got dropped from a few teams and had to make a decision of what I wanted to do. And I thought, I really love acting. Got into National Youth Theatre and stuff like that. Um, and music was never a thing at that point. So I was like, I want to go and do acting. Some of the music boys at school, heard me singing at a party and they were like, do you want to join this band and help us do their A-level band thing? I was like, "Mm, do you know what, I'll give it a go. And I gave it a go and I loved it and I saw the reaction of of people and how I made them feel when singing. My voice didn't sound the way it sounds now, but there was something there and I loved it. Um, So we did the band thing for a while uh, in my hometown in Bedford and it was a bit like remember skins yeah of course yeah of course (laughs) like we used to like put on little gigs around Bedford and like the whole school would come and like everybody it was a bit like that yeah kind of vibe but then them lot were like oh we're gonna go to uni and study so I was like oh well I thought we had an amazing band we weren't amazing (laughs) but um then I was like well I don't really know about music all I can do is sing I never wrote songs before I never played a guitar or an instrument so I was like well I know that I want to get out of Bedford so I applied for different unis and in, and doing acting and that's what I did and I went, moved to Twickenham and did physical theatre. Loved it, gave me the chance to like, I don't know, just be creative, um, meet creative people. Um, but I really loved what music did. Mm. So I picked up a guitar at uni, kind of like hibernated for, for my first year of uni and just learnt to play guitar, only a few chords, and then I started to write songs. I had this little note notepad from when I was at home, from different things I'd write in. But these weren't weren't songs in my head. These were just like words to help me get through a period of time where it was a where I first like realised what like mental health was. I I was attacked in Bedford and had my jaw broken and stuff like that, and I didn't. Yeah, it was it was it was bad, and and. It really like I don't know taught me about myself and and these are the little notes I was writing. Anyway, I went back to the notepad when I was at uni and realised that these words I was writing were actually song lyrics. So these little notes that I've that I've I've been learning on guitar, I started singing the lip the words that I'd written down and then they became songs. And I was like, right, this is what I want to do. Um, and that's what I did, wrote loads of songs, well, like six or seven songs in my room at uni and, and was like, right, I need to go gig. So that's what I did and knocked on loads of doors, just every pub I could, every open mic I could. Um, my friends set up like a, a thing at uni where I'd be playing every week um, and did that for a year. And luckily one one day there was, there was some people in a pub and they heard my songs and... And the rest is history. But it does feel like a long time, a, 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 quick, a quick time, sorry. Like it's, it's happened so fast, but like I've been working and working really hard to get to, to where I am now. And I've still got loads more to do. Mm. So, yeah. Who so is it that
1: saw you there? A
0: guy from Sony.
1: Wow. Yeah. So
0: then this guy from Sony then kind of took my email. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning I had like loads of emails from different labels.
1: Wow
0: uh, and different lawyers, different publishers all that all that kind of stuff, and I didn't have a clue what to do I
1: was gonna say what did when that guy came up to you after the gig were you, obviously like that's I presume that's what you kind of wanted to get out of it, but for it to actually happen like that, we' like I've been discovered
0: yeah kind, <laughs> kind of like I think for me I never ever i didn't know really like obviously I knew what a record deal was I knew that, but I never had that in my in my thoughts yeah. um I was just singing. F- Because I like to make people happy. If 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 I'm gonna be honest, like I never thought I want a record deal. I want this and that. But when I had them emails, then that then that popped into my head. I was like, oh yeah, like there's a record deal. I can I can do that. And so I I got signed in my the end of my second year of uni. I wanted to finish uni, so I had like a a bit of time where I was going in the studio and then doing uni and, and things like that. I'd never really been in a studio before. And then i have met Chase and Status and and we wrote um, All Goes Wrong. I wrote, the, I had that little song in in, in in my bedroom at uni and then we kind of expanded and, on the song and yeah, it went mad.
1: And so what was that like for you going from that kind of, those two very, very different levels and then suddenly having all of this attention on you and your music and your talent, mm-hmm. what did that do just to you as a human being, as your yeah. brain—like, how do you handle that?
0: Um, honestly, I've, I've, I've not really thought about it. I've just done it, and I've just put myself in it. Yeah. Because
1: um, if you think about it too much, probably sends you a bit. Bad. Y- yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> but I've always thought, when I, even when I was a kid, that I was going to do something pretty mad. I never knew what it was going to be, but <laughs> I always had this thing where. And it's, I don't know why I did it when I was a kid, but I used to look at myself in the mirror and always talk to myself and say, you're going to do this, everyone's going to know your name, and all this kind of- Oh, really? Yeah, I did when I was a kid, yeah. And I thought it was going to be like a, a football stadium or something like yeah. that, but <laughs> it turns out it's it's um, music. Which but I feel weird. like all of
1: those things are connected in a way, isn't it? Because if you're playing on a football field in front of thousands of people, mm-hmm. you're on stage, like doing a play or performing music. It's all about performance, I guess. So maybe that's the thing that's kind of always sort of been within you. I've
0: always wanted to perform. Mm. I've always wanted to, um, I've always wanted to catch people's attention, Mm. whatever it is.
1: And what was the fame like, the fame side of things? Cause you know, talking to yourself in the mirror saying, everyone's gonna know your name, like that's Mm. one thing. I think we have a very different idea of what, kind of celebrity and being in the public eye might be to what it actually is. Yeah. Do you look back on when you kind of first rose to fame back when that song came out now and think that you handled it in a way that is very different to how you handle it now? And have you kind of learned different coping mechanisms?
0: Definitely, I think when I was, was, that, I was like 21,
1: yeah, which is very young yeah. to, to be very, very famous and successful.
0: I was 21 and I had, I didn't really feel pressure, but I had like, I had a bit of money and I also had like the wrong people around me. So What do you mean? I mean people who, I don't know, some people took advantage of it. Also, I took advantage of it, so I'm not blaming them. People, yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. like, like I was just a 21-year-old who was uh, in a position where um, music was happening, going out was happening, alcohol was happening, and I was consumed by all this, all this stuff. So um, I was probably a egotistical 21-year-old who thought the sun shi- shi- shines out of his ass or something like that, basically. Um, and I fell into, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of problems. It was just to do with l- like London life too. Mm. So I moved home and, and that was the best thing for me. And now my coping mechanisms for, I don't, I hate the word, fe- calling myself fake. Yeah. Fe- I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm, I still get the training and I still do normal things. You know what I mean? Just people come and say hello and that sound, but now it's like completely different like I need routine in my in, in my day-to-day just to be just to get myself on a level I need exercise I need um, good uh, eight hours sleep like I sound boring but like I feel like to do this job at the at a 10 out of 10 you need to be an athlete and that's what I'm like trying to be in
1: yeah but I think you have to like so many musicians that I know like the touring is relentless it's mad traveling like that is crazy through different time zones that you have to be in really kind of fit condition mentally and physically and it's wild when you think back to sort of like the stones days of like the wild rock and roll like how did they do that I don't
0: know I don't know how they did it I do not know but some people can do it like some people can can run on them f- on them fumes, but for me, um, nah, I'm, I'm too I'm too lively anyway. Mm. Like my I'm too bubbly and I'm too like so put all that other stuff in in, in involved and you get like uh, an extra me for like 12 hours and then for the next week I'm I'm dead and out and I wouldn't be able to perform I wouldn't be able to do this kind of stuff I just wouldn't be able to yeah. function properly so yeah
1: did anyone because obviously you would have probably met a lot of other people sort of more experienced people in the industry when you first started out did anyone kind of give you advice on how to tackle it
0: um not really nah. um again like i haven't really been around and i'm not like famous people if i'm going to be honest like i've been to a few things award evenings and all that kind of stuff but i don't i don't I don't chill with a lot of famous people. Um, So the advice really came from, from, from my family and my friends, my real friends where they were like, you've got something that is special. Do not waste it. I'd say my manager as well, like, but I call him a friend because he's one of my best mates. He dragged me over and he said, like, I've seen a lot of people waste this. And he said this one thing where like, I can get another one of you, mm. yeah. But you can't be enough. As soon as you've done it, then it's done, and and I, that hit me. Do, do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people waiting in in the queue, and and yeah. and I'm not ready to to be at the back of it.
1: I want to talk about your latest album, but before we go to that, I want to ask you a bit about something you said about your second album, Evering Road. The album was named after the street where you lived with an ex. And I really liked what you said in an interview about this, because rather than framing it as like a breakup album or a heartbreak album, you described it sort of as like a thank you note. And I think that's such a healthy way to reframe previous relationships. and you know, we have this kind of very toxic dialogue around exes where we're almost encouraged to slag them off and criticize them and all, you know, in worst cases, label them psycho and all that kind of stuff. And actually to have a really healthy mindset on it and turn it into a positive thing and see like, you know, this was meant to come to an end when it did and call it some, and, you know, have that gratitude for it, I think is a really helpful message to people. So what kind of did you mean that when you described it as a thank you note and why were you so keen not to frame it as a sort of breakup vengeance album?
0: (laughs) Because that time in my life taught me a lot about who I wanted to be um, and also who I didn't want to be and unfortunately people got hurt like and I just wanted to put that message out and say I realized that a lot of the mistakes I made were were cause were causing the problems in that relationship. So the thank you is to to the road. the thank you is to her. Um, and the thank you is for that chapter of my of my life. Um, like it's one of those ones where people are meant some people are meant to meant to meet have their time and teach each other lessons. Mm. And that's what it did. And um, I'll always be thankful for it.
1: Mm. And I think it's important not to look at anything like a romantic relationship that's come to an end as a failure because no. it's, it's not it's like lesson. you said. Yeah, it's yeah. a lesson and you can bring those lessons into your next relationships. Yeah. Um, which brings me on to my next, quest- to my next question. You're engaged, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, And I know you've previously kind of spoken about the importance of keeping your private life to yourself in your line of work. And I guess that kind of feeds into what we were talking about earlier about fame. And, you know, obviously people in the public eye get a crazy amount of attention when it comes to their love lives, even though, you know, what you're doing has nothing to do with that. Um, I can imagine that is incredibly maddening and frustrating. How do you go about protecting your relationships from the public eye and keeping that? to yourself? Because it's, it's such an unnatural thing to have to think about, but of course, you have to think about it.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, it is a tough thing to always having to be thinking about just privacy in that world. Mm. Like most of my friends, if not all of the my friends who are in, in relationships, they and their partners always are posting about especially like the world we live in like everything is just plastered on online you know whereas me like and my other half we want to keep it just to it's our thing Mm. and mm, my other half doesn't she doesn't work in at this industry and I don't know she just And I want it to be for us. And what people need to know, they'll know. And what they don't need to know is they won't know. Mm. Um, And again, it keeps it healthy. And it also kind of is real life, because all this weird world that we live in is usually not really real life. Yeah. Um, And for me, that's real life, so yeah.
1: And also the second you kind of let it in in any way, it becomes a sort of unstoppable circus. So it's like, you know, I can imagine if you were to post one photograph of, you know, your partner, then it's like suddenly everyone wants more photos and and they're commenting. And
0: and there's a lot of horrible people out there. And some people will just comment to be nasty. Mm. And I don't need that and she doesn't need that.
1: Speaking of kind of like online brouhaha, there was obviously something that happened at the Brits this year. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you feel about that now. I know you kind of like apologized to Ellie Goulding and she tweeted being like, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But like, what do you make of the way that that was kind of- Well, she tweeted that it
0: was both of us who, who had the joke planned. Yeah. And it just went, Wrong.
1: If you both agree to it, like it just seems, it just seems so bizarre. Is it like? Do you think the um, internet is just looking to cling on to anything? To
0: I think, um, yeah, it was a joke between two friends, and I think people are quick to to try and cancel people. Yeah. Um, and really, we I, 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 I really we should have I should have known, but it's one of those things and. It was a joke between two friends.
1: I want to talk about the new album. You've said that you wanted to make something that helps people de-shackle, take risks and realise their dreams. I already mentioned earlier, I was listening to it all morning. It's like, it's very upbeat. It kind of (coughs) makes you want to get up and dance. It feels like very lively. Tell me a bit more about how this new album came together and what you kind of wanted to get across with it and why it's different to your previous two.
0: This album is the first album where I've really like felt I knew what I was doing. I feel like I'm like we've just spoken about. I'm I'm really just a, I'm a different person when I look back at them two albums. Like wow, this this is like a completely different person. But I'm happy. I'm I'm in in a place where physically, mentally, everything is just I'm um, in in a good place, and I think that really comes out in the music. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to... I feel like... Well, I really wanted people to listen to this album and and just dance and have fun, because I'm having fun right now. Um, But I wanted to, like, put a message in it and just say, like, spontaneity and taking risks and being able to feel comfortable in the uncomfortable is an amazing thing Mm -hmm. like I've always been somebody who's comes into a room and if there's like a door that I haven't been through I'd always be like what's behind that door because if you open a door something great could be behind it Mm -hmm. you just need to kind of have that that risk in you and just be like do you know if I dream dream about something or I want to do something then it's only me who who's going to make that happen and and that's what I want it to do. I want people to just listen to it and, and feel like they can be who they want to be, do what they want to do, and express themselves in the way they want to express. There's a lot of colour in this album. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's saying a lot.
1: talk about the loves of your life so the first one you've chosen I have to admit is not a subject I know very much about so tell me why you have decided to choose football I know it's such a cliche I really, I really don't know much about it um why have you chosen football I know obviously you said earlier that this was something that you really wanted to go, wanted to go into as a kid do you think that if it wasn't for music and kind of acting you would be playing football no. professionally no 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 it wasn't,
0: good enough. it wasn't good enough do you still play what is yeah. it that you love about it yeah um when playing football, I, it's like 90 minutes usually, right? And that is a time where I'm just in a different, I'm just in the game, I'm zoned out. I'm not thinking about anything apart from scoring a goal or defending the ball. Um, and I don't know, it's always been for me, like just a place where I also feel comfortable um like on stage like that is my that's my home and I know and I know it. Whereas and football is again like even though I'm not that good I still feel like I just that's what I'm I, I love it. And I know just a minute ago I said about being comfortable in the uncomfortable but like football for me like it's an uncomfortable place to be mm-hmm. but like I'm comfortable there. So I don't know it just it, it's it's competitive, I love being competitive. I am competitive. um It's time with your mates um you talk absolute nonsense, and you then either win or lose a game and then watching football is on the weekend is is another like thing that I love to do because again, I'm not thinking about music, I'm not yeah. thinking about anything. I'm just thinking about what's happening with the teams I'm watching.
1: Who do you support?
0: Um, I, I grew up and I've always been a supporter of Man United, mm-hmm. but I have a massive like, love for Coventry City too. Um, so, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm United, but I'm also Coventry. And I don't know if you're allowed two teams, but I'm having them. I
1: think so. Yeah, do you have any favourite not? football chants?
0: Nah, I've not been that, I'm never that, I'm not really that guy. Um, I, I will just, I, I'll just, I'll listen to people do it. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like a laddy lad lad, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm not that guy. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of it, for sure. How
1: often do you play now?
0: Um, well, I've got soccer coming up, so mm-hmm. at the moment I've, I'm trying to play at least once or twice a week yeah. just to get in the mode for that, but like, we always bring a football on tour, so we're always kicking a ball mm-hmm. in different venues. Um, but yeah, once or twice a week, I try to get playing.
1: I want to ask you a little bit about mental health, but I think that actually feeds into your second love, which is an animal. And yeah. I, I'm i excited to hear about this because as a pet owner myself of a very ridiculous cat called Blanche Dubois, I understand. Sick name. <laughs> Thank you. She's amazing. I need to stop. I need, honestly, I talk about her all the time. Um, I'm surprised she's not here in the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I know how special they can be and how much they can change your life. So tell mm. us a bit about Marmite, the dog you adopted, rescued.
0: Yeah, Marmite, he is he's a wicked dog. He is um, a Romanian rescue dog. He was found in a bin. And oh my God. I know, so sad. But so happy that he's in my life. Um, so he was found in a bin, and he was shown. I was like scrolling through different charities and stuff like that, and I found this one charity, and I just loved the work they were doing. And uh, I was like, I really want a dog. Have you got any dogs? And they were like, We've got this one. He was tiny, um, and he's ready to he's ready to come to England. Do you want to do you want to come and see him? And then I saw him. And I don't know, we just loved each other straight away. And it turns out he's got the same birthday as me as well.
1: Really? Yeah, oh, which wow. is mad.
0: Um, but now he's like a massive horse. And because I'm so busy,
1: yeah,
0: I find I've, I've had to, my mum's had to look after Mama. Mm. But my mum and my dad, um, they love him. Oh, and, sweet. And he loves them. Um, but he came into my life at... at at the right point as well. Um, this is the the time when I was doing a lot of what I, was, what I spoke about already, yeah. and um, she's
1: kind of ground you he, a little
0: bit. He he yeah he did he he was uh, acted kind of like just had this other life in my house, and I was like mm. I cannot mess this up. Um, and then luckily then lockdown happened and and. I moved back with my mum and dad, but he's wicked, he is nuts, um, but animals are just good for the soul, Yeah. they are, they will love you con- unconditionally, mm. they won't judge you, they don't care if you're a singer, <laughs> you know what I mean, you, you're yeah. like, you better walk me now, Yeah. you better pick my s*** <laughs> up, and you better play with me, Yeah. Um, and that's what I like.
1: And how has having a pet kind of helped your mental well-being generally? Because I think, you know, obviously you mentioned the responsibility side of things gives you, I guess, an important sense of having to care for someone and, well, something, someone,
0: something. Something, someone. Someone.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, how has has having an animal kind of boosted your mental well-being, if you think it has? I mean, I'm sure it has. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think just like you've, you're happy, aren't you? But yeah. like you're not you're not um there's never a dull moment really. And if you are a bit sad, like the animals know about it.
1: They do, do you know don't I mean? they? And my cat always knows. If ever I'm like a bit upset or I'm crying, my cat will come and sit on me as if to like give yeah. me a give me a cuddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really sweet.
0: Exactly. But um but I think being away a lot a lot, um and him having to live at my mum's house is uh that's tough though. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, when I, f- I feel bad, my mum and dad. because I'm just like, can you have this? Can you have my dog for a while, for for a long while? And um, but I love it when I when I go. He's actually coming to mind tonight. So, is he? Yeah, I'm am seeing him.
1: Oh sweet. How so? How big is he now?
0: Mm, not that. He's like that. He's really? Like, no, nah, he's not that tall. He's about that tall. Oh my gosh. Tall. Yeah, huge. Does yeah. he sleep on the bed with you? Uh, no, he doesn't. No, he, he's going to say take up quite yeah, a lot of space. No, no. <laughs> he, he's more of a guard dog, though. Oh, really? He's more like he s- sleeps on the landing and, yeah, he's he's just protecting, as always. He doesn't really like men, if I'm going to be honest Really? Nah.
1: That's interesting. I know a lot of rescue... Actually, my friend has a Romanian rescue dog and is the same, really doesn't like men.
0: Doesn't like men, so... That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, so if, if a new person comes into the house, it's yeah. like... It's a process.
1: Finally, tell us about your third love, which is your family.
0: Yeah, family. I think everybody is everybody's family is you can't choose them. Do you know what I mean? But the family that I've got are amazing and I love them dearly. And they love me dearly. My mum, she is so supportive, always has been. Um, she, me and my mum, I like, we've got a special bond, me and my mum. Um, like I'm a rock, and uh, she's mine. Do you know what I mean? And 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 um, yeah, we've always just had that bond. I think sons and and, yeah. and mums they they all have a special bond, don't they? So yeah, my dad is up there with what well, probably the funniest man I, I've ever met in my life, and just the most. Caring, sweetest soul, um, and like worships the floor my my mum wo- wo- walks on, and and I've grown up like looking at that and and witnessing that, and well I'm lucky to that my mum and dad are still together because most if not every single one apart from one friend, their mum and dads are yeah. together, so it kind of uh, puts the foundation for for the relationships that I want and. And the relationship that I have, um, I don't, I never want to, to not be like my mum and dad. So, yeah, got mum and dad, my brother as well, Kalen. He's 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 a he's wicked. I call him a little G because he is um, younger. Yeah, yeah, uh, five years apart, um, and again, doesn't like this life that I'm living doesn't phase him. And he's just he's just a cool guy. Mm. That's what he is. He, I love him to bits.
1: I know you, you feature your dad sometimes in your podcast yeah. and in like little videos that you do on TikTok and stuff. What what do they make of the kind of starry, crazy attention side of your career? And Who, like, my mum and dad? Yeah, know? like do you ever bring them to... Yeah, like yeah, yeah. My
0: dad thing? loves it. He thinks he is famous. If not, he is. <laughs> he thinks, like, I, I went to... I was on tour and he's like, I've got to go, I've got to, um, got to go to the merch stand. I've got, I've got, I've got, uh <laughs> signatures so to sign sweet. and that. So yeah, but they, they're cool. They, they love it yeah. and they're just proud. And obviously I'm, like I say about family, like I've also got my missus family that I'm, that I'm really, really tight with as well. And they're like my, well, they are my family now. Yeah. And I'm very, very lucky that again, like they're, I came into m- my missus' life when all this was kind of happening and, and they've had to kind of adapt to this life as well. And they're, f- again, just so supportive. And and again, it doesn't really phase them. My grandma and granddad. I'm so close to my grandda- grandma and granddad. And mm-hmm. I've got too many cousins and and I love it. It's a big family. and. And I think family for me is the most important because they're the people that, when I say you can't choose them, they're the people that won't go anywhere and they won't judge you. They won't, They well, they probably might judge you. My mum would call me a dickhead.
1: Yeah, that's not judging you though. I think that's bringing no. you back down to earth yeah, yeah, when yeah. you probably need it. Yeah,
0: exactly. But unconditional love. You yeah.
1: Know? And have there been any moments in your career where things haven't been going well or you've been acting in a certain way that you're not proud of and they have been the ones to really give you
0: the kind of like hard talking to you and that's why i moved home yeah when my mum came to london and was like nah
1: yeah well particularly i think people who get famous and get successful really young in the music industry you know that's like a sort of well-known trajectory for a lot of a lot of people would you ever like given your own experiences of, of it, if you had children, would you ever be like wary about them going into music?
0: Nah, no. I think my mum and dad, again, like I've said about what, look, what the foundation what is there. If, 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 if and when I have kids, if they want to do what I do, then sweet. Like my my missus, she was a dancer. I'm a singer oh, cool. and yeah, triple threat kids. You Start never, a little
1: musical theatre trip. Yeah, you
0: never know what will happen.
1: <laughs> That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Love Lives, you can listen to all episodes on all major podcast platforms. You can also watch us on independent TV, social media platforms and all connected devices. I will see you soon. Bye. Bye.